welcome to And How Did That Make You Feel, the podcast where I chat to people about their experiences with counselling and therapy to try and remove a bit of the stigma around these kind of chats and just to normalise talking about something that's been very beneficial for me and the guests that I have on the show. I'm back from my um, slight holiday, my kind of summer break. Um, and with some podmen at the top of the episode, um, I've decided that I'm going to go down to one episode a month rather than two. I've started a master's in psychology, which I'm really enjoying. Uh, and I've kind of talked about before on previous episodes, but it is taking up <laughs> more of my time than I anticipated. But the podcast is still one of my priorities. I love doing it. I love the conversations I get to have. Um, with my guests, with um, people on the Instagram and Twitter accounts um, and the feedback that people um, th- that people bring to me, I love it. On that note, please feel free, follow me um, at and how did that, come say hi on the Instagram and Twitter page. It's a friendly spot. Um, come and have a chat with me. So that's, that's my kind of crack at the minute. So back to the episode now. Um, and my guest today is Emma from Flip the Script. She, Emma has a really lovely Instagram page where she shares her experiences of um, ways that she uses to help her cope with her mental health. Her content's really relatable. She is really lovely, really personable. You'll hear we have the best crack um, when we were recording this. Uh, and she also has lots of wisdom that she has gained from from her experiences over the years. So please make sure you go and check out her Instagram account that'll link you to your blog um, and give her a follow. And she's at Flip the Script NI. So here we go. Um, enjoy my chat with Emma. Emma, lovely to see you. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and chat to me. No, thank you so much. I was honestly so honoured um, that you approached me to be a part of the podcast and I'm really excited. Great, me, me too. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us a bit more about yourself. Yeah, of course. So my name is Emma Hahi. Um, I'm from a very small village in County Armagh. Um, I run Flip the Script NI on Instagram, which is like a mental health page. Um, for my placement year at uni, I helped uh, run my university's mental health initiative. Really? And I was, yeah, it was really, it was really fun. And I was running their um, mental health Instagram. And then uh, when I left, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go do my own um, because I'll have a bit more freedom and I can talk about what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided kind of over lockdown, do you know what, I'll come on, I'll do my own, see if anyone else um, kind of resonates with my experiences because from my own mental health journey um, at the time I didn't really find that many people in my area at all that was talking about mental health I feel like I don't know if it's just me but fairly recently in the past couple of years people have made mental health accounts but definitely at the time when I was struggling there was nothing really out there I suppose Instagram and stuff was still kind of a new concept. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. 
yeah so that's really it about me like I've struggled with my own mental health and I just try and be as open as I can now and like to have very open conversations um about mental health because it's not a topic I think we should shy away from um I think everyone should be very open about it because everyone has mental health good and bad and I feel like we should all just talk about it and get out in the open yeah 100% agree Emma we're on the same page (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, so when when did you first um to get us get us into the into the nitty gritty mm-hmm. of the chat? So when when did you yeah. first um start seeing a counselor or a therapist? I started seeing a counselor when I was I think I was sixteen. Now I'm not hundred percent sure if I was sixteen or seventeen, but I was like kind of in the transition between GCSE and A level, mm. um, and I noticed for me my mental health was really slipping and I knew there just was something that wasn't right. Um, And I had went to my doctor and my doctor diagnosed me with depression and along with antidepressants, they said, "Um, we're gonna give you some counseling sessions um, and this will really help. Because they were like, the antidepressants is good, but you need kind of the talk and therapy as well um, to get through this. So I was like, okay, that's fair enough. And I had never had counseling or therapy or anything before. Didn't really know what to expect. So first of all, I went through the NHS route. So I was going to like counselors through the NHS. Um, And to be honest, the counselor that I was with just didn't work with me Mm -hmm. at all. she was a lovely woman but it just I just felt like it wasn't it wasn't clicking the relationship wasn't there mm-hmm. and at that point I thought okay therapy is not for me obviously it doesn't work and it's not for me um so I had stopped then for a while and then I was like no do you know what I'm gonna give this another go so I was very lucky my parents um, I was able to go to a private therapist and it was honestly life-changing Mm-hmm. It really was. She taught me so much about myself. She helped me in my mental health recovery so much. I was in the lowest place a person can be. And she completely kind of held me by the hand and helped me out of it. Um, during the sessions, I just gained so much insight into myself and into my past that I had no idea um, that was even kind of there within me. Um, and she just helped me to kind of look at my life and realize that, you know what, I am a good person and that life is actually worth living and life is actually a great thing. Like it is hard sometimes, mm. but it's a beautiful thing. Um, and yeah, she just really, really helped me and opened my eyes. Brilliant. You know, so if you started when you were kind of 16, 17, mm-hmm. were you, like what was that I imagine that must have been or I don't want to make assumptions was that a very really scary step or you know was it intimidating and thinking about seeing a counsellor or how did you feel about it um there was no one in my life at that time that I knew that went to therapy mm-hmm. not one person did I know that went to therapy so this was kind of like an alien thing to me this when I the narrative of therapy that I got was like oh celebrities go and see therapy mm-hmm. they go see therapists because celebrities talk about it and like the reality tv shows and the like my therapist said this so I was like therapy is for rich people that's what your therapy is for I didn't realize it was a very common thing and most people get it I was like oh no 
therapies for the likes of the Kardashians and like the Real Housewives and they talk to their therapists that's who it's for it's not for normal people I didn't realize you could go into therapy and just have like a general conversation and now I firmly believe everybody should have a therapist mm. because they're amazing um, but it was very intimidating for me at the start because I was like at the time I was in such a low place that the idea of going to therapy I was just exhausting it was mm. an exhausting thought the idea of sitting in a room and talking to some someone about everything in my head I was just like I don't know if I can do this this mm. sounds exhausting and honestly I was like I really don't know what they can say that'll make me any better so I went into it very like hesitantly thinking mm, I'm not sure about this but at the same time I wanted to be better like I wanted to get my mental health back like I wanted just to get better so I was like look I'm putting my hands up here I will do anything the doctor tells me to get better at this point because I'm just so lost and hopeless and miserable um and then when I started therapy it was completely different to any kind of perceptions I had previously completely different mm -hmm. um, and in what ways was it different like how did it surprise you or, or what, what what was different than what you expected so I expected before I went in I expected that there was a therapist on one side of the room and then you lay down in this long couch and you told them all your problems and they would sit and like write down their wee notepads and then they'd make the odd comment about it uh -huh. that's what I thought it was I thought it was going to be I'm going to have to do the majority of talking they're going to listen to me and they're going to add the odd insight then that's it then I'll leave so me, I was like, how is that going to work? Like, mm -hmm. I don't understand this at all. So when I went in and, um, you know, your first session, which is quite usual, they just get you to talk about your background, childhood, all that there kind of stuff. Um, and then when I went into my second session and I would chat about whatever, and my therapist would come up with really, like, insightful um, nuggets of information and I'd be like oh my god I did not know that's how I was feeling and yeah. like she would say stuff and I was like you have hit the nail on the head like there were so many times I was like when my mom and dad are asking me and when asked me like how are you feeling or what's it like to be in your head I was like I can't describe it but she was describing and showing me exactly how I was feeling and why I was feeling it mm. and why my feelings were actually so valid. And there was nothing wrong with me at all. Everything I was feeling was completely valid. And I was just like, wow, okay, all right. And then they were able to give me loads of like coping mechanisms mm. and things to do. And at the start, I was like, right, I'll give these a go. Don't really see how they can help. But, and they did. They helped like amazingly. And I was just like, oh my God. After a couple of weeks, I was like, I feel like a different person. I feel so different. And don't get me wrong, for me, therapy was very exhausting, emotional. Mm -hmm. I used to chat to my mommy and be like, uh, I have a therapy hangover. Yes. So honest <laughs> to God, yes, yes. When I came home from therapy, I would sleep for about 
maybe an hour to two hours I'd be completely and utterly exhausted mm-hmm. and like mom would be like do you want to chat about it and I was like I can't even talk about it because I'm so exhausted I'd have a proper hangover therapy but mm-hmm. yeah it was amazing mm-hmm. and was it I think that's really important that you and like so positive that even though you had the negative first experience with, with mm-hmm. the counselor there were that it wasn't working that you were still able you know that you just didn't wash your hands the whole thing like and I think that's was that a difficult decision or was that hard or did you you know how did you manage to get yourself kind of because it can be exa- again exhausting to mm-hmm. find find somebody make an appointment like how did you find that kind of process that process was difficult at the beginning because I felt like I was going back to square one. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a clue who to contact. I didn't know how to find anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even know there was different types of therapy and different types of therapists, and different types of counselors, and they're all trained in different things. I felt completely just, there was like nearly so much information. It was information overload. And I was like, well, I don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. So I just went on to the internet and looked up therapists in my area, read their bios. And I just picked this random woman mm-hmm. who I read the bio and I was like, yeah, she seems okay. We'll go with her and see how we get on. And she was totally amazing. But mm-hmm. for me, I don't know if like my mindset would be different to other people's. At that time in my life, I was willing to do anything to fight tooth and nail to get myself better because I didn't want to be there like I really fought to get myself better Mm -hmm. um so for me it took me you know a couple of weeks and then I was like no you're gonna get better and you're gonna get through this and if therapy is the way to do it that's what we have to do we just Mm -hmm. haven't found the right one but that's what we gotta do so I was very very determined Mm -hmm. so I went on picked that random woman and was like right let's go made an appointment with her for the next week and I remember after my first session I was just like wow okay that woman just gets me on a different level she's told me things about myself that I didn't even know were true and yeah that was just amazing Mm -hmm. like I I love hearing about experiences like this because that's the kind of experience that I've had where Mm -hmm. just I had one counsellor and I saw her for about a year and she was she was grand for what yeah. I first went to her about. Um, but when I went back again with some stuff that was maybe a bit more difficult to deal with or just wasn't really mm-hmm. what she was up for. Um, to mm-hmm. then find the counsellor that I'm seeing now where mm-hmm. yeah, most sessions I come out exactly like the, like how you're how you're kind of explaining, like just yeah, she tells me you know just helps me unpick mm-hmm. things and untangle things mm-hmm. um and as much as yes it leaves me with a hangover but it's still once yeah I've, once I've had a nap and a cup of tea I'm normally like oh that was that was really yeah. really hard really really mm-hmm. hard but really really good um mm-hmm. it's, just, it's just such a really like there's there's nobody else in my life anyway that like there's not another relationship that is the same as like mm-hmm. the counselor Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah it's just such a kind of powerful powerful thing um mm-hmm. and just again like thinking about you at that kind of age 
um and you said you know there was nobody else around you that was was going mm-hmm. but I mean with with your friends or at school um you know was there any kind of was mental health talked about or was there any kind of no yeah no I didn't I didn't tell a soul for about a year and a half goodness yeah um till I literally was kind of I, I don't know no one talked about it funny enough uh the series 13 reasons why came out oh yeah people were talking about that mm-hmm. um that was very hard for me to listen to people's commentary on that mm. because that's like kind of what I was going through and yeah. um, as in like I was feeling that low mm-hmm. um so it was interesting that was a topic that was the popular tv series that was the topic of people's conversations like oh did you see this episode and this happened mm-hmm. and what do you think of this and people were saying oh she's so dramatic and she's so this and she's so that and that internalized for me and I was like whoa 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 I'm not speaking about it mm-hmm. that's what they're thinking I'm not going to bring it up so I did not bring it up um to about a year and a half and I only told three of my friends like my closest friends and um, no one else had a clue and it's funny because mm-hmm. I wonder now that some of the people in my high school found my Instagram which was quite scary uh-huh. and I'm wondering are they being like oh my god we did not know or are they thinking okay that's why she was like that okay <laughs> do you know what I mean like yeah oh, that, this is all coming together making sense you know but yeah. no it was definitely not talked about students or teachers at mm-hmm. all it was not a subjective conversation Mm-hmm. and what about because you you know you were saying there about running your university's kind of mental health Instagram mm-hmm. account so when you got to university did you find a big shift then and and mental health stuff being more talked about more openly yes at that university shocked me and mm-hmm. um, my university in particular shocked me they talked about their well-being and your mental health and um at that point I had felt like I took a 360 as in I was like on top of my game on top of my form mm-hmm. in terms of my life and my mental health so I was more willing to be open with certain people and be like yeah do you know what this was my experience mm-hmm. and the first day the first day of university I went into the well-being team and I said to them look over the past two three years I've been on antidepressants I've been going to therapy Um, I was diagnosed with depression um I've had a really hard time now I'm having a good time at the minute and it's been really good but I did have that hard time and I want you to know just in case this comes back because that's all to me this the fear is it'll always come back that's the fear yeah so they um set up loads of different things for me they were like well would you like counseling and I kind of thought about it and I said to them but I'm in a really good place like I don't think I need it and they're like no I think you should just go anyway because university mm. is you know a difficult it's not a difficult but it's a change it's a yeah. big momentous change in your life you've moved away and stuff so I was like you know what I will I'll just go and you know it was really nice going to counseling at that time even though I was in a really good place mm-hmm. it was nice just going in and chatting about my week and different things I thought and getting mm-hmm. someone else's perspective on things um but definitely I felt people were more open about talking about how they're feeling. Um, but I think it was more because I was more open. Mm. So it was me bringing it up in conversations, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And the more I brought it up in conversations, the more people were like, 
oh, that actually happened to me too. Or actually, yes, I have anxiety. Or yeah, I've been on antidepressants before. Mm-hmm. And the more people I told that, you know, that was my, that happened to me. And, you know, they were like, oh my God, did not expect that from you. You're the last person in the world that I expected mm-hmm. had depression. And I was like, yeah, you see, you never know. Oh, totally, totally. Like, certainly up until, um, yeah, up until I kind of, started seeing a counsellor I had a very preconceived idea about what mental mental ill health was mm-hmm. and yeah some of that was informed by my own experiences or the experiences of people around me but also massively influenced like you were saying by tv celebrities mm-hmm. the media um, and I, I thought that counselling wasn't for me because I wasn't ill enough mm-hmm. or wasn't I would be wasting their time or they would tell me to catch myself on pull myself together there was nothing wrong with me um but yeah I, I've had the same kind of experiences of, of when I have spoken about it openly people sometimes are surprised that it's mm-hmm. anxiety, that it's anxiety that I um that I struggle with because I'm not an anxious person um mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a worrier um but you know the it still doesn't mean that that I'm not affected by anxiety like there's no just because you're a a louder person or Mm -hmm. you know just more confident doesn't mean that you can't be affected by these things because it just is as you said at the beginning everybody has mental health yeah and it's that sliding kind of scale of Mm -hmm. good mental health and can sometimes slip into you know um Mm -hmm. mental health um which again, I only really kind of realized quite recently that it mm-hmm. wasn't so kind of black and white. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I feel like some people will come to me and be like, I don't I don't know if this is a normal feeling, if this is how everyone feels, or if this is not normal. And I was like, yes, I know that's because we aren't having conversations about how we feel all the time. And then mm-hmm. we'd be able to say to someone, you know, that's not a normal feeling you should maybe go and look about yourself you know <laughs> yes absolutely yeah uh, and so whenever you whenever you had obviously you were in a very different place when you had the mm-hmm. counseling when you're at university mm-hmm. um but was it was it very different like did the two counselors use different kind of styles or different kind of methodologies yeah so I have been to a couple of counselors at different points so uh um my first one was the NHS my second one was the one I previously chatted about then I went to another um guy but he he wasn't really a therapist or a counsellor he was like a it was kind of hard to describe it ne- nearly kind of what I imagine a life coach is like he was like oh, a motivational yeah. kind of mm. all about building confidence and mm-hmm. self-esteem um because that's what I needed at the time and mm. um, I love that that was yeah. absolutely great um because with my depression I was having really bad social anxiety mm-hmm. which I'd never dealt with before so I had him and he did kind of different stuff um to do like he would give me like homework per yeah. se um and made me do different things to get myself out of my comfort zone and that really helped Mm -hmm. and then the counselor within the university was more um was a different type of counseling was more like a chat so Mm -hmm. she would I would just come in and she'd be like oh how was your week and sometimes I'd go in and I'd be like to her 
I don't really know what to talk about. And she'd be like, right, okay, well, has there been like anything on your mind, anything at all? And then I would mention one thing, like I'd maybe be like, mm, I'm a bit stressed about this. And I would end up in a whole conversation with a whole resolution at the end. And I'd come out and be like, wow, I did not think I was able to talk about anything in there because I mm-hmm. genuinely couldn't think of anything. Mm-hmm. But she would like dive deeper into situations and be like, okay, so this is why you're thinking like this is because blah, blah, blah. And I'd be like, so many light bulb moments. And I'd be like, oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And those those light bulb moments then, like you take those out out of the counseling room Mm -hmm. with you and like it makes sense or you can apply more things on the the kind of day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. yeah, just, yeah, it all kinds of like the ripple effect yeah yeah kind of um yeah ripple ripples out yeah sometimes it's funny like sometimes I come out and be like oh my god I'm not the problem I'm not (laughs) the problem in this situation like I thought I was the problem all along and it would just give me a bit of a lift I'd be like girl you good you're not the problem (laughs) she's just after telling you that you're good not you so you know and I'd be like okay that's great because yeah. <laughs> again like your counselor is only interested in you yeah so if yes sometimes I am the problem and my counselor tells yeah. me but then yeah. same thing like they help you kind of say no you like yeah as you're saying like you are talent you're putting stuff on yourself that you don't need to like you're blaming mm-hmm. yourself for stuff you don't need to mm-hmm. um, I definitely find that I can um like take it and accept it when my counselor tells me those kind of very positive reinforcing yeah. things yeah as if maybe my friends or family are telling me I'm like oh, mm-hmm. don't be that like yeah of course it's me but because there's that like relationship and connection with your counselor mm-hmm. I find anyway that I like I know that they're telling me the truth yeah yeah no 100% like there's times like my family be like Emma you put far too much stress on yourself and you're your worst critic and I'm like yeah yeah yeah, whatever and then I go into counselling and the counsellor says it and she's like and this is why and blah 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 and I walk out and be like oh my god guess what they said and mum is like we've been telling you that for years and you're only coming to the conclusion now (laughs) we've been telling you for years yeah but you won't listen you know yeah totally totally I've definitely definitely mm-hmm. had those those experiences mm-hmm. uh, and so what was I'm always kind of interested just um like from a very practical point of view because I've had my first counsellor had her their room was just full of stuff mm-hmm. like stuff on the walls butterflies everywhere a water mm-hmm. feature a fireplace flowers photos pictures and then my next counselor like there's just the two the sofa and the chair mm-hmm. and the plants well now obviously everything's over zoom but I'm just always interested to kind of hear like mm. what was what was some of the setup of some of the rooms that you were in and like how did that affect you or did that mm. did that help or did it not help yeah well uh when I think back and compare them all and like I go to therapy now so when I think back to the first one with the NHS it was such a clinical scary Mm. atmosphere it was literally just like walking into a hospital and you were put in a room and there was a very small table 
uh, it was like my chair which was like a wooden really uncomfortable chair her I know her chair and then just a load of leaflets on the table and it was just like oh my god this is something out of tv or film like this is awful and it was Mm -hmm. like really white walls really bright lights and no I just hated it I was like this I feel like I'm getting like investigated or something in the room I was like this is just like hurting all my senses I was just like I hate this um so that definitely didn't help it was just so clinical it just scared me I was just like no I do not like this Mm -hmm. I don't like the whole clinical like satin um because it 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 like nearly internalized that there's something really wrong with me yeah. in a way I was like I'm sick like I'll, obviously if they're bringing me in here like I'm yeah. sick you know which was not obviously a helpful kind of commentary for me to have so then when I moved on to my next um woman who I loved um her room was lovely and she had really comfy chairs mm-hmm. and she had plants and funny her room was very dimly lit with loads of just like cozy lamps and stuff mm-hmm. which I was really taken aback by I was like it's quite actually dark and she had um she had some like candles and stuff and it smelled really nice yeah. and it was just lovely and because it was kind of like like it wasn't dark but because it was kind of like not really really bright and intense it just as soon as I walked in I could feel myself relaxed Mm. and as well which was really cool was she um was just like a normal like therapist counselor but she also had training in art therapy so some so one of my sessions um I was having a really hard session and she was like do you want to do some of the art therapy that I do? And I was like, yeah, I was like, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not an artist whatsoever, but like, I love doing creative stuff. So she was like, okay, well, I'm going to bring you into the next room. And she brought me into the next room. And I'll never forget. It was like this really small room that was full of shells and all the shells were full of like toys. There was toys <laughs> everywhere. And then there was this massive sand pit in the middle and I was like, what the heck is this? Like, what is going on? Like, my eyes, there was just so much to look at. And she was like, right, well, I want you to take this wee box and go around and pick random things that just sit, catch your eye and you think. She was like, don't really think about it. Just pick mm-hmm. things. Just pick whatever. So I went around and she was like, and I said to her, like, how many things? She said, by five or six. And I was like, okay. So I spent about, I think, five, ten minutes in there. And I was looking around and like, just looking at all the toys, it was like dolls and trucks and trees and everything you can imagine. Like a kid would have loved it. Um, so I just picked like five things in this box and then I brought them out and we sat down and I kind of looked at them and I was like, this is all random crap. Like this makes no sense. And then she sat and looked at it and um, she was like, kind of, why were you drawn to this? Why were you drawn to that? And I was just saying different things. And by the end of it, it was like she mapped out everything in my head from these random objects and they all made sense and mm-hmm. I was like what my mind was blown I was like how like how it was like she was taking bits from my soul or something and being like this represents this this represents this and I was like you are magic like yeah. you're literally magic yeah. like, I don't understand yeah. so I loved I loved her room uh. and then, um, the the current uh, therapist I'm with at the minute 
her room is beautiful um it's up at the very top floor and she always keeps her window open and you can see the trees um and she um she has loads of plants and loads of artwork but mm -hmm. it's not like really full it's still it's still like very very calm mm -hmm. and she has a big room and then she has a chair and she does sit quite far away from me and the nice thing she does is she says in the session I don't have to look at her so mm -hmm. me and her look out the window and talk we don't oh, look at each other mm -hmm. and it's so nice because sometimes I can find looking in someone's eyes and telling very personal stuff is quite intimidating oh totally but, but when we had our first session she was like no so what we're going to do this session just to try it out is me and you're going to look out the window with the trees and just chat and mm -hmm. so like uh, so much came out of me and I was just like mm -hmm. wow I did not know that was all in me mm -hmm. yeah that it's not as bad I'm doing my sessions at the minute over zoom mm -hmm. and I, like I like to be I'm quite a direct person so mm -hmm. I I do like to be looking at somebody like mm -hmm. engaging their body language and sometimes yeah sometimes then that's really hard for me to yeah to talk about the hard stuff mm -hmm. look right at her so so I I definitely I do a lot of looking over to the side looking yeah <laughs> yeah over. but that's that's such a good like tip like yeah you yeah. don't have to you don't have to look at them you don't have to no. like see an eye contact um no. it's, like it doesn't the, the, the therapist won't judge you or won't think anything different about you um and yeah like that's such a good that's such a good tip um, no, it definitely is. I think going forward, if I ever change therapist for some reason or whatever, if I move, I when I go to therapy in the future, I'll definitely bring that up and be like, mm -hmm. look, this is something I want to do. And, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, that's really good. And so over the course there of, of your kind of few different counsellors, have there been any really useful tools or coping mechanisms that you still go back to that they have told you about? Um, my ther my therapist at the minute has kind of um, given me this concept, which has really, really helped me. And um, she calls it making waves. So she says, uh, you were put on this earth, like on the universe to make waves and you're going to make waves. All your actions have consequences and you're going to make waves. And um, she was kind of like to me, you need to start setting healthy boundaries in all your relationships and that's going to cause waves because she was like Emma you don't like causing waves you like to just sit and kind of like be a doormat and not speak your mind and try not to ruffle any feathers even if it's to your detriment and I was like yeah and she was like well you need to start making waves for yourself mm. so I've started making waves and putting in them healthy boundaries and now she said okay you started to make the waves but the aftermath of making the waves is making you uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, it is. Like dealing with the aftermath of telling someone this is my boundary and then dealing with all the anxiety after, like, what did they think of that? And like, maybe they think I'm a horrible person and now maybe everyone hates me and blah, blah, blah. She was like, now we have to sit and we have to get comfortable with the aftermath of the wave. So she was like, you are allowed to make waves. That's what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And we are going to try and sit and be happy with the aftermath of the wave because we can't live our life um, to the fullest if we don't make waves. Mm. And that was like a huge thing for me. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
yeah that's that's such a good a good way of of kind of reframing things like yeah like yeah you're right like we we are things are going to happen and circumstances mm-hmm. are going to happen that are going to affect us and those around us uh, and yeah healthy boundaries gain us cause mm-hmm. can cause a lot of waves um yeah definitely and yeah that's yeah. That's that's really that's really that's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, has that has that kind of imagery? Did that um, like that, my, or would you use a lot of analogies? Like, did that help kind of help you? That, that yeah, that 100% helped me because now, like, now it's such a small thing, but now if I said to you, um, uh, let me think of an example um no actually we we can't meet up next week I have too much on I never would have done that in a million years mm-hmm. um and after it after I said that the whole time I'd be feeling so guilty and have so much anxiety and be like this person hates me now this person never wants to see me now this person thinks I'm really selfish they think this they think that they will ever this is going to ruin my life and it would escalate but now when I set that healthy boundary and be like look can't meet next week I actually am really busy and I just need like a day to myself mm-hmm. I'm thinking when my mind spirals and goes they think this think that there I just go back to Emma be comfortable with the wave you made the wave that's a good thing and every time I make a wave now I'm like well done we're getting more comfortable with making waves and I have it in my head and sometimes I say it out loud to myself and I'm like you made the wave well done now we're going to get comfortable with it yeah and then it kind of shifts the way I'm thinking I'm like oh yeah okay okay yeah I'm just I'm just freaking out but yeah no it's just a wave it's just a wave and we're going to get comfortable with the aftermath and then Mm. it'll be fine we've made waves before and it's been fine we'll make waves again and it'll be fine yeah yeah something like that is, is so helpful as well of reminding yourself mm-hmm. oh I've, I've done this hard thing before yeah and I came through it and yeah I'm at I'm in the really hard bit that I don't like but mm-hmm. I know I know I'll come through it um and I've done it before and it, yeah just kind of celebrating your the little kind of mini victories is, is yeah so important yeah like I could literally write down a list of all the waves I've made in the last couple of weeks uh-huh because I keep them in my head and then I'm like well remember the time you did that and nothing yeah. bad happened and I'm like yeah. oh yeah <laughs> yeah you put you should make that list you should, like, yeah then, then you'll have it and then you know, yeah it's yeah it's so handy come back to it that yeah that's 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 really powerful um kind of tool um mm-hmm. and if if you were you know what kind of advice would you give to somebody if they were maybe if they were maybe on the fence about counseling or therapy like mm, not sure what well, you know was there anything you would tell them well I would tell them you know well one I would just say you know give it a go you know if you're feeling like you're in a kind of a bad place or you're not even a bad place you're just curious and want to better yourself or you want to help your self-confidence you want to help your self-esteem just give it a go like there's no harm and if you really think it's not for you you don't have to continue with it you know but the other thing is you will never in your life have a relationship with anyone like the relationship you have with your therapist because you can tell your therapist anything about you, about your family, about anyone, and you know that they won't repeat that. So you can literally show them 
the deepest darkest parts of you mm-hmm. and that gives the the dark parts of you a voice which is actually gives you a lot of relief and release and yeah honestly just going to therapy is amazing um and I just highly recommend it and I think everybody at some point in their life should go to therapy even if they feel like they've really good mental health even Mm -hmm. just to improve in their self-belief or their confidence they should definitely go yeah 100% funny I've had a few people contact me after they've listened to the podcast to Mm -hmm. say you know yeah I've 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 gone to see a counsellor um yeah I am in a good place but it just sounded you know it sounded like I could be I could be even better yeah it would give me tools to help with with maybe stuff that I might be dealing with I was like oh Mm -hmm. my goodness that is like the best like the best thing that could come out of this podcast is you know people people thinking people getting that access and that proactively rather than oh my goodness I am at rock bottom and I have to Mm -hmm. you know claw my way out of this Mm-hmm. um uh, and act, you know having to access counseling or some support um then rather than knowing that it's available at any kind of point yeah and open you know it is yeah as you say kind of give it a go it's um yeah a good good kind of thing for for anybody to mm-hmm. to, to try and can only be beneficial I heard somebody describe it as like, like or compare it to we all MOT our cars. Yes. Don't give it yes. a second thought, but we don't do the same for our brains. I know, literally. We just yes. keep shoveling rubbish into our brains. Yeah. <laughs> I no. I don't kind of, you know, take the time to maybe clear it out a wee bit every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's that's good advice for anybody that's maybe considering, especially just coming out of, you know, the last year and a bit that we've all gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people are feeling a bit discombobulated. And yeah, of course. Mm-hmm, like, is it is it my mental health or is it just is it the pandemic? Is it a mixture? Yeah. Of the two? Is it, you know, I just I think it'll be a difficult kind of transition period. Mm-hmm. For, for everybody everybody the next the next few months but I mean we've all we've all heard enough about <laughs> all Good things much, pandemic, yeah. pandemic yeah. related um, yeah. so, um is there is there anything like you wanted to specifically kind of talk about that we haven't or um the only thing that I would say that I have found helpful um is that you know therapists are like majority of them lovely people Mm. and if you go to therapy and you think therapy isn't for me um or whatever therapy is is for you (laughs) it's been proven therapy is amazing you just might not connect with that Mm. therapist and that's perfectly natural there has been many a therapist that I was like after the first session I was like nope not going back yeah um so just keep pushing on and then when you find that one and it clicks it'll be life-changing yeah and especially I think with our system if you've accessed your counseling through the NHS mm-hmm. you're very similar to your first experience where it didn't didn't click and I know I've had some guests on the podcast who felt like they couldn't they couldn't 
ask for somebody different or they couldn't say oh this isn't working out because they either waited for six months to see somebody or felt like oh this is my only chance yeah Um, but yeah like like you're saying if it does if it doesn't work if it's not clicking that doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're wrong doesn't mean that the yeah exactly yeah it's just one of those things and definitely you could definitely even in the nhs kind of system say like this isn't really this isn't really clicking um yeah if you can you know try and ask for somebody else or yep with if you're going privately one one session they're never going to make you commit to pay no. six or anything like that no. give them no. a week trial run <laughs> yeah exactly and like you know the therapist will not be offended and will not see it as a personal attack mm-hmm. they'll like most therapists when you start say you know if you feel like this is some cooking and you want someone else that's fair enough like mm-hmm. they know that yeah um so don't be worrying if you're like, oh, what if I don't like them? Mm. You know, they won't take it as a personal attack at all. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, well, yeah, I've loved chatting to you, Emma. This has been really, this has been really great. Um, good crack as so well. helpful for me too. You give <laughs> so much good tips and wee nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> uh, so yeah, my my final my final question, um, the traditional question of um, and how how did this make you feel, Emma? this made me feel really just uplifted and one of the things you said about people contacting you about therapy do you know what that's just so heartwarming and you know sometimes when I'm doing my page and stuff and you'll probably find it yourself and you're having like a hard day and you're like Mm. why am I even doing this is anyone getting help Mm. and you get the odd wee message when someone says yeah I resonate with that Mm. it just makes it all worth it it really does absolutely Thank you so much for letting me come on. It's Thank been you. absolutely yeah. a joy. Thank you. Um, yeah, loved it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for sharing so openly about your experiences. Um, yeah, really love chatting to you. No worries. Wasn't that a great chat? I really enjoyed um, editing that. Um, and listening back to my conversations and the crack Emma and I had as well as all the good stuff we talked about I've thought so much about what she said about making waves and I've been by to the beach a lot since I recorded it or just seeing stuff on Instagram about water and waves and kept coming back to me um so yeah really enjoyed it so check Emma out on Instagram, flipping the script NI. She's also an ambassador for an online counseling service called The Flawed Journey. So check them out on Instagram as well um, if that's something you're interested in. But I am at the end of the pod with my book and podcast recommendations. So when I was listening back to Emma and her experiences at university, a book came to mind called Snowflake by Louise Nealon, another Irish author. I, they're my favourites. I can't even deny it. Um, so I read this quite recently. It was great, very nostalgic. It was based um, in a Dublin university, um, the same one that I went to, and all about um, this girl's experience um, being a first year and just navigating. Um, she's from the country, trying to make her way, living in Dublin. Uh, all the all those kind of changes and then there's a lot about mental health in it um few, some few some twists and turns i did enjoy it maybe a wee bit too long 
um, and maybe a wee bit lacking in depth, but highly, highly recommend. It's very funny in places. The characters were were good, and yeah, just Irish authors can't beat them. Um, and my podcast recommendation is a bittersweet recommendation. One of my absolute favorite podcasts that I'm I've listened to for years, and it was one of the original, you know, comedy podcasts been going for. 12 years or 15 years they did 400 episodes anyway and it was um answer me this um so they have on their feed 200 episodes you can buy their first 200 episodes but the whole idea of the podcast if you haven't listened to it is people send in questions and then the two presenters helen and ollie martin the sound man um attempt to answer people's dilemmas so sometimes they're factual questions and then other times they're like life dilemmas but they're both very funny people um so they had their their final episode a few weeks ago and i was genuinely sad about it um because they have been a constant in my podcast listening for the last while many many years and they're just a very funny um and i love a good random fact so always full of that kind of uh, material and entertainment um but i hope you're all well um heavy times that we're kind of living in i hope you're all prioritizing yourselves um looking after yourselves whatever you're facing at the minute if we're going back into the office five days a week or still working from home and that's a struggle um whatever you need to do to try and um, look after yourself as best as possible i hope you're doing that I hope you're staying well um, and I will be back next month at some point. Don't know when because I'm being more flexible with myself. Um, I'll be back at some point with another episode. Bye. How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel? How did that make you feel with Rachel Power?